That being said, let us turn now to Matthew chapter 28. We'll be reading verses 1 through 10. When you found your place, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Read the word. You may be seated. I don't know if there ever could be a greater uh, piece of scripture that you could ever read than the risen Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, uh, there, there is something else about today uh, just happens to to coincide our, our, our calendar. Uh, who else knows? There's another kind of silly day we celebrate today. Who knows what that is? Sorry, I'll try to avoid that. Oh, I've just died, didn't I? It is April Fool's Day, amen? Amen. <laughs> Why are you saying amen to April Fool's Day? All right. We're going to ditch the mic here. I don't know what's going on. April Fool's Day. It is a day that goes back actually to all the way back to the time of Rome. And, and so it was a day that has always been celebrated to kind of pull pranks on one another, to, to do foolish things to, to one another. And we, we can look back in our modern day, the one we celebrate has originations in France in the, in the 17th century. Because what happened is they had two different calendar systems. The, the calendar system we use is known as the Gregorian calendar. And then there is a Julian calendar, which, which would mark, mark the dates. And so the problem was the Julian calendar's uh, New Year's Day was April 1st. And the Gregorian one is January 1st. And so France had this, had this vote, and the, the, the Council of Trent voted to move to the Gregorian calendar. And so one day, all the people came, and it was April 1st, and half the town was throwing a New Year's Eve festival to celebrate that it was a New Year's Eve. And everybody else that had celebrated three months earlier was making fun of them and saying, what fools you are. Do you not know that the years started three months ago? And so that is kind of the, the modern-day beginnings, and of course, it has spiraled from there, and many, many kids love to pull pranks today, and sadly, even some adults do. But I'd like to remind you of some of the, the best modern-day April Fool's jokes that we have ever had. There was a, uh, a campaign that Burger King did where they offered you a left-handed Whopper. And people actually went and asked for a left-handed Whopper. It's the same thing. You can hold a Whopper in your left hand or your right if you really like it. Taco Bell outdid them because they claimed to have put a bid in and, and won the rights to the Liberty Bell. And so they said, from now on, the Liberty Bell that we mark in Philadelphia will be known as the Taco Liberty Bell. And so we can laugh and, and joke. But the greatest one in our modern area happened over in England. Um, the BBC in the 50s put out a, a, a news release that 
Because of the mild winter, it would be a great season of crop for the spaghetti farmers. <laughs> and they actually had video footage of uh, farmers pulling down spaghetti noodles out of trees. And people by the thousands called into BBC wanting to know how to plant a spaghetti tree. <laughs> and keeping with the joke, they said, well, what you do is you take a spaghetti noodle, put it in a can of tomato paste, and bury it and hope for the best. <laughs> and so still to this day, it is considered the best April Fool's prank. Now, why, why do I talk all about this April Fool's? We're here to talk about the resurrection. Amen? Amen. Well, I would like to talk about a few ladies that maybe the world, uh, much of the world today, looks at the, these ladies, Mary uh, Magdalene, the other Mary, the mother of James and John. They look at them and say, these are foolish women. They, they come back with this report that, that a man who has been crucified, put to death in the most heinous and painful way possible, is now alive. I want, I want us to do a little story here and, and think about what it would have been like. We, we see in the passage here in Matthew 28 that, that the Marys are coming and they've prepared spices. They're going to the tomb and the reason they would do this is to anoint the body. There is a two-step process in, in the Jewish culture of that day for funerals. First, as the body was decomposing, they would, would uh, place these uh, spices on them. And when it got to a proper uh, spot where it was decomposed, they would they'd move it into the the lower part of the tomb with the, where the rest of the family would be. We know from Scripture that Jesus is the very first body that has been laid into this tomb. This tomb actually belongs to a very rich man um, named Joseph of Arimathea. And, and so they're going to do this. But something happens along the way. Is when they get to the tomb, what happens? They, they've come to, to mourn and anoint the body, but all of a sudden they see an angel, the Lord, standing before them. They see Roman soldiers, the mightiest, the most courageous men of their time, shaking in the boots, and Scripture says, it's as if they were dead men. They were very afraid. And what has happened? There's been a great earthquake in this very moment. And, and so these women are going up, and they want to go see their Lord, but these men are afraid for a reason. There is a holy angel of God that is standing before them. What are they going to do? Luckily for them, the angel says, do not be afraid. Almost everywhere in Scripture you come across an angel. He says, do not be afraid. Why? Because you are very afraid when you see an angel. <laughs> like that, they can put you out. Very easily. But I want you to notice something here. As the angel rolls away the stone, so there's no way that anybody has gone in or gone out of this tomb. The angel himself rolls away the stone. It is, in fact, it says he sits on the stone. He's sitting there standing guard so that there's absolute evidence for the Marys that they know that when they enter this, this tomb that nobody has touched the body, that the soldiers didn't steal him away. And I bring this to your attention because he says, come see where they have laid him. Now you may be thinking, well, what are you getting at here? When did Jesus leave the tomb? Before the stone was rolled away or after? Before. Before. He is God, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. Amen. He does not need a stone to be rolled away to be resurrected and leave that tomb. Amen. Amen. So when Mary, the Marys come and they go in and they, they see what the, what the angel has said is true, they go run off and want to tell their the other disciples about it. I would ask you today, have you heard about the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. 
Does it make you want to tell others about him? Amen. There's something really important that Jesus has been raised, and we need to understand what that is. Amen. But first I would have us point to, to the Marys. When they, they encounter Jesus on the road, and Jesus kind of nonchalantly says, Greetings, here I am. I'm raised from the dead, just like I said on the third day, just like I told you many times over and over, but you did not believe because you came with spices to anoint a body that is dead. But I am not dead. I am alive. Amen. I am risen Amen. from the grave. Amen. For I am who I say I am. Amen. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Right. So in that very moment, we see Mary, the Marys believe. Amen. And what do they do? It's what we should do. They get down on their knees and they worship him. Because he is God. Amen. Amen. Very early in the Gospels, when, when we encounter the, the Christ has been born, what do we see? We, we see an angel tell the shepherds, I bring you great news of glad tidings this day. And what do the shepherds do? They go and they worship Jesus. Amen. What do the Magi do when, when they see the star? They travel thousands of miles to offer gifts and worship Jesus. Amen. When we come into God's house... We should come and worship Jesus. Amen. If we're not able to be here or wherever God calls us to be at home in a church body, we should be worshiping Jesus. Amen. This is what we see people do when they have a real encounter with Jesus Christ. Amen. So I would ask you, have you worshipped Jesus? Amen. If you have not, then you need to ask yourself, have I really had that encounter with him? Because if you have an encounter with the risen Lord Jesus, you are going to have that desire to worship him. Amen. Otherwise, you'd be like the Roman soldiers, terrified. Absolutely terrified. The thing that we know for sure in Scripture, above all else, is that the history, the, the testimony of the risen Lord, there is more proof from that than anything else in ancient history. We have, of course, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all testify to the fact that Jesus has been raised to life. Amen. We have the Apostle Paul says that over 500 people at one time saw Jesus raised to life. Amen. But we also have a, a historian, a well-respected historian by the name of Josephus, who tells us that, that Christ was risen from the grave, that he indeed was the Messiah. I'll read to you his exact quote here. Josephus said this about this time there lived Jesus a wise man if indeed one ought to call him a man for he was one who performed surprising deeds and was a teacher of such people as accept the truth gladly he won over many Jews and many of the Greeks he was the Christ which is a, the, word, the Greek word for Messiah and when upon the accusation of the principal men among us Pilate had condemned him to a cross there who had first come to love him did not cease he appeared to them, spending a third day restored to life. For the prophets of God had foretold these things and a thousand other marvels about him. And the tribe of Christians, so called after him, has still to this day not disappeared. Amen. And so what is Josephus uh, saying? He is a historian. He deals in evidence. He is saying that these people that claim to have seen the risen Lord Jesus, they are still here. They are still testifying that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus has been risen. So I want you to think for a moment. What would you be willing to die for? Who here would be willing to die for your country? There's a few here that, that would. Who would be willing to die for your family? Amen. 
Amen? Who'd be willing to die for something they knew was a lie? I want you to think about that. No one raised their hand. That is good, because you're being truthful. We, we know for certain that 11 of the 12 disciples are martyred. They are put to death for their faith. What are they put to death for? It is for going around in Jerusalem, in Rome, in, in the entire known world at the time, proclaiming that Jesus has risen from the dead, that he is in fact God himself. He went to the cross to save you from your sins, and you may have eternal life if you are born again. Amen. And over and over again, they are put to death. So either these men really saw the risen Lord Jesus and he sent them out, as scripture records, or they are lying. But we have already testified in our own hearts we would not be willing to die for a lie. Were they different? No. They had families. They had friends. They, they had lives that they wanted to live. Nobody wants to die. But there are some who are willing to die for the truth. Because the truth is worth it. You and I are here because Peter and Paul and James and John and the disciples testified to others that Jesus was risen. Amen. And they heard that testimony and they believed it. And they went out and told others. And those others told others and throughout the centuries until one day somebody said, we need to tell the people of Aurora about the risen Lord Jesus. Amen. And they started a church, New Hope Baptist Church. It's been in this community, I believe, almost 50 years now, proclaiming the truth that Jesus is risen. So we come together this day to worship Jesus Christ because he has been risen. Amen. Amen. And we should do that every Sunday because it is not just this day. It is every single day since that day. Amen. So I would ask you, what does it mean to you that Jesus has been risen? I, I, would, I would give to you that, that because Jesus has been risen, it means that he is who he says he is. He told the Jewish people, before Abraham, I am. That is a claim to be God. When Moses was in the, the wilderness uh, and told by God to go back to Egypt to set the Isra Israelites free, he said, who shall I send? say is sending me? He says, I am that I am. Amen. So Jesus is claiming to be God. He told them before he went to the cross that on the third day I will, be, I will rise to life once again. He told them, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. He has told us that he will raise us to life. Amen. So I want you to, to think about exactly what this means. Who here has lost a loved one that has gone before you? Amen. What this means is if your loved one has professed faith in Christ, you will see them again. Amen. 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 You have real hope. Not just a, one day, I, I hope maybe there's an afterlife and I hope maybe they'll be there. No, we have absolute proof because God raised Jesus Christ to life. Amen. We have Amen. more evidence of this than anything else in the history of the world. Amen. There is actually more evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ than there is evidence that I am alive talking to you right now. Amen. Amen. The tomb is still empty. Amen. Amen. There is resurrection for you and for your loved ones. All who profess the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It means there is real hope. It means there is forgiveness of your sins. Amen. When God the Father pours out his wrath on his son, when Jesus takes upon all your grief, all your sorrows, all your sins, and he bears them on the cross, and it gets dark in that moment that we read when he's being crucified, right as he is about to give up the spirit, it becomes really dark. 
The entire Middle East at 3 o'clock in the afternoon is under a pitch black sky. And there is a great earthquake. And Jesus cries out, Eloi, Eloi, lama baksafani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What has happened in that moment? The Father and the Son have been separated because of the sin that is placed on Jesus Christ. And because he has died and was buried and is now resurrected, we have absolute assurance that the Father has accepted the, the atoning death of Jesus Christ for our sins. Amen. That means that those sins that we have committed that have been placed on Christ are genuinely forgiven. Amen. And we don't have to worry and say, did God really forgive me? What about this one sin? It was really bad. What sin could you possibly commit that Christ has not already paid for on the cross? Amen. Is there such a sin that, it, that is so bad that it somehow exceeds the wrath of God that he poured out on his only son? No, you have been forgiven. Stop letting the devil lie to you and tell you that you are not forgiven. Right. You are forgiven. The Apostle Paul reminds us that you will be the judge over the angels. Why does Satan want to beat you up? Because he's got to answer to you. He's got to answer to your Savior, Lord Jesus. Amen. He's got to answer to your God. Amen. So all that we face in life, many of us, we, we go through this life and we try to accumulate things and the stuff of the world to make us happy. We try to make our bank account nice and make our houses as big as possible. Why? Because we want to be comfortable. But with the resurrection of Jesus says, it doesn't matter how big your house is here, it is still going to be tiny compared to the house that Christ has promised to build you. Amen. He said, I am going away to prepare a place for you. Amen. And if I go, I will come again. Amen. Amen. Think about this. Another thing that the, the gospel declares in the resurrection that <coughs> Jesus said, I am coming again. The resurrection declares that this is true, that Jesus is indeed coming again. Amen. That we should believe the resurrection and we should believe that a day is coming for us when we will see that sky cracked wide open and we will see heaven opened up and our glorious Lord Jesus Christ there. Amen. Stephen Amen. saw it. Amen. Amen. You will see it. Amen. Amen. This is what is promised to all believers. Are you looking forward to that day? Amen. Or does that day scare the hell out of you? I pray it does scare the hell out of you. As our brother David, who has now moved down to Arkansas, said, you, you do not want to see the, the horse's girdle. You want to see the rear side of that horse. Because that means you are with Jesus and not against it. Right. You don't want to see that horse coming after you. That's right. The resurrection to the Christian is everything. Amen. Amen. It offers us genuine hope. That the pain we have in this life, the, the cancer that our body goes through, the kidney stones that we endure, <laughs> that it is all temporary and meaningless, that a day is going to come where that is all gone, the pain, the sickness, the disease, it's gone. Amen. The hatred that we see. Amen. No Amen. more will, when Jesus returns and he is the king of all kings reigning from Jerusalem and we are co-heirs with Christ reigning with him, Will we have to worry about protests? Will we have to worry about people killing one another, being angry and violent and hatred? We will no longer have to worry about, about families being divided. Amen. Think of that. There will be true peace. Okay. I long for the day when, when we get to come here 
and worship Jesus. And we all stand up and we give our testimonies of what Jesus has done. We give our praises of what Jesus has done. And we will not need to give any prayer requests because all our prayers have been answered. Because Christ is reigning with us right here and now. Amen. Amen. Think when Christ is reigning with us, we will ever have need of anything. Right. Will we need to be able to pray to God for our bills to be paid? No. There will be no bills with Christ, for he has paid it all. Amen. Amen. There will be such abundance that there will be more food than you could ever imagine. The resurrection of Christ means everything. That's right. But if we deny the resurrection, we deny Christ. Amen. Amen. Right. We deny the Holy Word of God. We are, in fact, denying God himself. But there's something that also that I want to remind us amazing that, that has happened at the cross of Christ. Beyond the empty tomb, beyond all the testimonies, we have an event that I think oftentimes is overlooked. This is from Matthew 27, right after Jesus has said, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Starting in verse 50. Then Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn into two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. What has happened to the veil here? Why was it torn? Was it torn because of the earthquake? The veil is torn before the earthquake. Just like Christ is out of the tomb before the angel descends to crack it open to show Mary the evidence that there is there. Do you understand what has happened? In the Old Testament, there would have to be a high priest and he can only go into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement, which is what Christ went to the cross for, was for our atonement. Amen. Only one day out of the year he, could he go into the presence of God. But what Jesus has done on the cross is he's torn that veil apart. He's brought, he's brought heaven down to us so that we could go into the very presence of God. We could pray to our God, Abba, Father. Amen. And he hears us. We are able to go into the throne room and we don't need a high priest to, to do it on our behalf. You are a part of the priesthood of all believers. You could go to the throne room of God right here and right now or in your home, in your secret place, in your closet, in your car, at your workplace. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the world tells you not to pray here. They can't tell you to do that because God has torn the veil before the earthquake ever shatters. Amen. The veil has been torn. And you have access to God yourself. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But as great as that is, I want you to see these next verses. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs open. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection. So while the, the world is in awe going on, what, what is happening? This man that they called the Christ, the Messiah, that that they put to death, that Pontius Pilate ordered to be flogged and crucified. He has been raised from the dead, but also have many others, and they're going all over Jerusalem telling them that this Christ you have crucified, he was the Son of God, and he has now risen. Think about that. There's, there's many that, that doubt whether there will be a resurrection. We've seen evidence right here that part of that resurrection took place not just Jesus but other godly men and women that, that were buried in Jerusalem to give testimony that this has happened. Amen. Amen. 
We could think to the crossword where we have one man who is mocking Jesus. And many of us find ourselves in that place where we are mocking Jesus today. What could Jesus possibly offer me? And on the other side, we have the other criminal who said, Lord, just remember me when you're in paradise. And Jesus says to him, this day you will be with me in paradise. Amen. This very day. And to you, Jesus offers the same thing. Believe in me and you will have eternal life. You will be able to partake in paradise. Amen. Paradise is more than heaven. It is where Jesus is. When Jesus is in heaven, when, when we breathe our last, and, and it says in that very moment we'll be in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is paradise to us. Amen. But when Jesus ascends and that sky cracks open and we descend with him again and reign with him in, in his kingdom, that is paradise, for that is where Christ is. Amen. Where Christ is, that is where I want to be. I pray that is where you want to be. Amen. As I go on in verse 54 of Matthew 27, the Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. And they said, this man truly was the Son of God. Amen. These were not his disciples. They were people that were watching this event. And they watched as this happened and they recognized that they had just put to death the Son of God. Amen. But if we are honest, you and I, we were the ones who put him to death by our sins. It was necessary on our account that Christ go to the cross so that we may have forgiveness of our sins, that we may have the opportunity to have eternal life. Sure. And it is that opportunity that is given to you this day. In just a moment, I will close in prayer. We will sing one final song. I implore you, if you want to know the risen Lord Jesus, if you want to have that encounter with him that, that will bring you to the point of your knees as it, as it did with, with Mary and the others, Come down and, and we will pray. There's not magic in the words that we will say. It's in the repentance in your heart and you placing your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That is how you are born again. Amen. Amen. That is how you can have this hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in your own life. Amen. Jesus doesn't promise you riches. He promises you life. Amen. And the life Amen. Of Amen. So one final note before I close in prayer. The Marys that we talked about. I want you to think about that. Mary Magdalene. Who knows what job she had? Prostitute. I want you to think about that. If you wanted to have somebody be a key witness for you, you'd want somebody that has a position of high integrity where what they say matters, that they won't tell a lie. That'll hold more weight in court. But that's not the way God has done it. He said, I am going to take the person who would be least likely to be believed and I am going to show her my son first. Because she is the one I came for. I did not come for, for all, all the, 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 the priests and the kings. I came for the lowliest of lows to the highest of men. So it does not matter if you believe Mary's testimony or not. Do you believe the testimony of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. For, for Mary and all her sin, all the life that, that she had committed, we, we, we read in the Gospels that she at one time was possessed by seven demons. Seven demons. And they had been cast out now. And she is a disciple of her Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When we partake of that banquet, we, yes, we will see James and John, and we, we will see all those those saints we long to, your, your favorite pastors and preachers from the years ago bond by the, the ones in your family that you long to see. But you will also see Mary. Amen. Amen. You will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. You will see Moses. 
but you'll see those who, who, were, who were the sinners that our world will look down upon and say, you're not welcome here. You, you can't have this. You can't have eternal life. But Jesus says, it doesn't matter what you have done. It matters what I have done, that I have gone to the cross for you. All that I ask from you, Jesus says, is you place your faith in me. Amen. You believe me when I say, I am the Son of God. Amen. I am the light of the world. Amen. We have this candle standing before us, been standing here since Christmas Eve, when we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Friday we snuffed this candle out because the light of the world had gone out. But this day and every day, the candle is lit because Christ is risen. He Amen. is the light of the world. Amen. Amen. One final note I'd have you. Tonight when you go home, if you're able to, if it's not cloudy, look up at the stars. Enjoy seeing them. Why? Because when Christ returns, he's the light of the world. Amen. And you'll never Amen. see those stars again because there never, ever will be darkness ever again. Amen. All of that pain that we have, the darkness, the, the demonic activity that is in this world causing us all that pain, it is gone forever. Amen. And what will we have forever is Jesus Christ, Amen. our risen Lord. Amen. Amen. So understand that Christ is risen. And for that, for you, Christian, that should mean everything. All your hopes and dreams rest in Christ. And nobody can snuff those out because they can't snuff Christ out. Right. A person may come one day and try to kill this body, but Christ will raise it to life again. Right. Amen. 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 And we will be with him forevermore. Let us pray. Father, Father, Lord Jesus, you are worthy of all praise. You, Lord, you have, you have come and offered us eternal life. It's like a man who, is, who has offered us to, a paycheck for, for a little bit of work, maybe a week's worth of work, but what you offer us is not a paycheck but eternal life. And you do not demand hard labor. You say, believe in me. And then when you do that, Lord, the Holy Spirit enters in us. And we do the deeds that you have given us to do because... We want to please you, not because they do anything for us, Lord. I pray that, that we may give you glory and honor this day, Lord. For you have conquered Satan. You have destroyed the, the works of the devil. You have conquered death. And we know through you, Lord, we will do all the same. We will defeat the sin in our life. We will conquer death because you have conquered it, Lord. There is nothing we can't do, Lord, because of you. You have given us everything. And we thank you, Jesus, even that we don't deserve it. I pray if there's anyone here who needs to be released from those bondages, that the, the sin that is in our lives, may you free them from it this day. If there's any addictions here, Lord, may you break those chains. Allow, allow the people to come down and confess you as Lord and receive you as their Savior. And be as Mary did that day. Get down on their knees and worship you. May we all worship you each and every day. It's in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.